Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the grow and go podcast (laughs) man i am so hyped for this week um i'm so i'm literally so excited to talk through this episode this has been on my heart for the past week and i'm just so excited to talk about this but hey before we get into that i have two things i want to say one by the time you listen to this i just wanted to wish everyone a happy easter i know that it was yesterday uh by the time you're listening to this and i know that this easter may have been a little different this year. And I know that, um, you know, maybe things were different in regards to like seeing family. Um, but I just hope that you made the best of it with friends and family and that you took this opportunity to be joyful. I took this opportunity to celebrate something else besides the food we eat and the Easter bunny. Um, (laughs) and hopefully next year we'll be better. We'll actually get to see him. So, um, okay. Second thing, if you like this little show we got going on, uh, you should totally leave a review. Um, I love reading them. And pro tip, words of affirmation is my love language. So if you feel like blessing me with some kind words, um, I wouldn't be upset and I will be most grateful. So, um, (laughs) and lastly, of course, before this topic starts, it is time for the embarrassing story of the week. Okay, this is a funny one. So um, I love Chili's. Chili's is one of my favorite restaurants. Not so much the pepper, but I love the restaurant. Um, I love the iconic vine. Um, Oh, Rip Vine, by the way of, uh, hi, welcome to Chili's and, uh, just stuff like that. And it's literally, they have the best chips and salsa. They have the triple dipper where you can get three appetizers at once for less than $10. Come on now. It is a good restaurant. I actually don't know if it's less than $10, but it is such a good restaurant. It is my favorite restaurant. So if you ever feel like blessing me with that, let me know. Um, but there was one point where I actually worked at Chili's. Yeah. Believe it or not. I worked at Chili's as a host. Okay. So host job, literally is it's not a real job okay you're literally walking people to their seat all day and that's it um but i loved working at chili's because i got half price everything and everything was delicious and i was so thankful for it because i got all the free chips and salsa i wanted and it was delicious so um it was it was a good job for the time being the one month that i worked there but anyway um there was this one time where i was working at chili's as a host i said and I, there's a party coming in. So they called in and they're like, Hey, we have a party of 15. I'm not going to use their real name. I'm just going to say a basic name under the Smith family. Okay. So they called in. We're like, Hey, we have 15 people coming in around this time. So I'm like, perfect. So I know, um, by, by how I'm working there, I know I'm like, I need to set up these tables and chairs this way. And I know I need to do this this way. And I know I need to get these people for this. So I was working everything out in my head. So they've, they eventually came up and I'm like, Hey, we're going to get your table set for you. And I noticed right off the back that they were, they walked in and they were kind of looking at me weird. And so I'm like, that's weird. And I, but I didn't think anything of it because maybe they're just excited to be there and get some free, get some chips and salsa. I don't know. And so I go over and I start setting up the tables and chairs. I'm, you know, getting everything ready for them. I call a couple, couple servers and bus boys to come help me. And so I'm like, Hey, can we move these tables this way? And, uh, they're like, yeah. And so we're moving all the stuff over 
we're doing that. And I keep going back and forth to, to the Smith family. And I keep asking, I'm like, hey, do you guys need any booster seats? And they keep looking at me weird. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, so I like, I, I just ignore it. And so I keep going. And I, uh, you know, I'm moving everything for them, making their table perfect. I'm washing everything down, you know, giving, I'm, I'm helping them out so much. And then they come back. And so I go back and they're like, I'm like, hey, your, uh, your party's right. Um, or if you, your table's right, if you want to come this way, uh, you can follow me. And so they follow me and they're looking at me weird. And I'm like, kind of ignoring it. So they sit down and, um, you know, I'm like, is there anything else I could do for you? And they're like, no, we're, we're good. I'm like, great. Your server will be with you in just a minute. If you want to sit here, um, the, they should be here in a minute. So I start walking away. And one of the guys at the end of the table, he like, he's like, Hey buddy. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> and he's like, um, your fly is down. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and in that moment, everything clicked in that moment. I knew that full circle. I knew why they were laughing at me. I knew why they were looking at me weird because my freaking fly was down the entire time for like a good 15 minutes. Keep in mind, like I was moving these tables around for quite a bit and they kept looking at me. They didn't say anything until I left. So, and not even to mention the fact that I was walking by other tables while they were eating and my fly was down then that probably made them throw up. But, um, it was very embarrassing. It's not one of my proud moments. And I shortly put in my two weeks after that. <laughs> so, but, uh, Nate, I, I hope you enjoyed today's embarrassing story. Hopefully next one is better. Um, now I want to jump head on into this topic because I've literally been dying to talk about this for like the past week. Okay. So I had a friend the other day reach out to me completely random and ask me this question that I wanted to ask you, the listener. And this friend asked me this. Do you think God withholds something from us that we want so we can work on a significant flaw that we have? So I got to be honest with you guys. When I read this question, my mind paused. It literally shut down. I couldn't do anything. Like literally, I had so many thoughts that just, but yet none at the same time. Because after a few minutes, um, we talked through some of that stuff and we, I shared some of my answers. And I guess I wanted to share my thoughts on what I think um, about this topic, what God thinks and what scripture reveals through all of this. Um, so let me ask that question again. Do you think God withholds something from us that we want so we can work on a significant flaw that we have? So ask yourself that. What's something you want that hasn't been given to you yet? You know, in my own life, I can think um, probably the biggest answer is a spouse. I know that that person won't complete me, but there's this desire in my heart to do life with, with someone and to praise God with someone, you know, to go on adventures with someone, to try new restaurants with them, to go to Chili's with someone. <laughs> but that desire to be in a Christ-centered relationship and to glorify him through it, like, I want that. And if you ask me truthfully, I want that bad. <laughs> um, but there's this deep down, almost self-centered underlying backup question that always makes me think. And the question is, what do I need to clean up first? Okay, off topic, but still kind of on topic for a second. We're going to go in a little a little sidestep, but just bear with me, okay? Um, I love the Enneagram. And if you aren't sure what the Enneagram is, I'll just give you a quick little rundown. Um, it's a personality test that basically assigns you to one of nine types. So when you take the test, it will reveal what your personality mostly aligns with. Um, for example, I am considered a type four Enneagram. Uh, which means that I am creative, uh, I'm emotional, um, and my biggest thing is that I'm driven by the fear of losing my identity or not knowing what it is. 
Um, another few examples are my sister, who is a type 2. Uh, my mom is a type 1. I'm pretty convinced my brother is a type 4, but he just doesn't know it yet. Uh, my coworker, she's like a, I'll tell it how it is, type 8. Like other people in my life, my mentor is a type 7. So all of these types, they're so different and unique, but there's this one specific type that reminds me of the topic that we're talking about right now, and it's a type 3. Okay, so if you think back to a few episodes ago with uh, my friends Peyton and Mia Leone, uh, Mia is a type 3, Peyton is a type 7, not important, but it, Mia is a type 3. Um, a lot of what she tells me, we talk a lot about the Enneagram because that's what hashtag basic Christians do, um, but she tells me a lot about her Enneagram type 3 and that she's driven by the fear of not doing enough for people. Um, she tells me that she will always feel the need to basically prove her worth through her actions, um, through accomplishments, through making her parents or peers proud. Um, and I feel like if we're thinking about that mentality of a type three, I feel like a lot of us can have that type three mentality in regards to our relationship with God himself. Um, especially when we ask that question, what do I need to clean up first? We tell ourselves, if only I can get over this hunch, then God will bless me. You know, if only I could get rid of this addiction and finally be healthy, then God will bless me with a good job. And thoughts that I have include, if only I could clean up my act, then God will bless me with a spouse. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who wrestles with these kind of thoughts. And this brings me to two things that I want to say off the cuff for just a second. Uh, one, if we're only obedient to obtain his blessings, we've completely missed the point. Our goal in life is not to receive his blessings, though he wants us to and he tells us that we should. Um, but our goal should not be to get stuff from him, but to live our lives in obedience for him. For example, if my relationship with my mom was to only get clothes, food, shelter, and just mostly stuff from her, that wouldn't be a relationship at all. That would just be an exchange. Because even Santa, the giver of all holiday gifts, uh, he demands us to be good so we can be on the nice list so he can give us gifts. Because if we're on the naughty list, we get coal and it sucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious if anybody else and anybody's, sorry, if Santa, not parents is what I was going to say, if Santa actually gave you guys coal growing up um, because my parents or uh, sorry, Santa did. Um, but there's this exchange that our exchange with the Lord is worship and obedience where he gives us grace and blessings. And it's not about what we can get, but what he gives to us freely because he loves us. Okay. And the second thing I want to say is a verse from the book of Psalms. And it's found in chapter 84, verse 11, when it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And here's that key verse I want to talk about. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And that's straight out of scripture, people. God does not withhold a single good thing from us. God does not wave something we want in our face and snatch it away when we try to grab it. No, he doesn't withhold anything. He doesn't withhold it. If anything, he knows the perfect timing when to give us it. And good things could include a lasting God-centered marriage, maybe even a steady income for a family. Examples like that. But good things could also mean diligence or a right attitude or a grace-filled heart for people who are lost. God doesn't withhold any good thing from us. He unlavishes his love on us, which is why Good Friday and Easter are such a joyful time to be a believer. God didn't have to send us, didn't have to send his son to die on a cross for our sins, 
but he didn't withhold that good thing and instead nailed his son to a cross so we could be free. He doesn't withhold a good thing from us. And I even want to go just a little further on the second part to that question of um, what do I need to clean up first? And I want to share a story from um, Luke 15. And here is where Jesus is telling uh, the tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees, all these people mixed together uh, some parables, which are kind of like stories. Um, He's telling them about a lost sheep where some of them feel, you know, some of them understand that story. They understand the context of a lost sheep and how God is a good shepherd and we are sheep. Um, And some people are getting it. Some people are getting the ironic comparison between that. Uh, And then he tells another story about a lost coin where a few more of them get it. You know, a few more kind of understanding where Jesus is kind of going with this. Um, But then he takes it a step further and talks about a lost son. So um, to give a little quick summary, it's not going to be a quick summary, by the way. I'm, I'm just using that wordage just so you can bear with it. Um, but it's going to be a little lengthy. But uh, to give a summary of the story, a man had two sons, okay, who he gave each of his share of property to both of them. So he split it in half and he gave one to one son and one to the other. So one of the sons thanked the father and stayed and continued working um, at home. Um, but the other one, He thanked the father and left town. He literally straight up got out of town. Um, There he, as described in Luke 15, um, squandered his property in reckless living. So he basically took what the father gave him and did what he wanted to do. He completely lived a reckless life with it. So when he found out after some time that he had gone broke, um, that's when he understood. He's like, oh, shoot, I need to get a job. So he tried to get jobs like feeding animals and living with pigs, mostly pigs, um, and that's that's just total grossness right there. But then he decided he would try to go back home so he could survive living as a servant instead of a son for his father. He knew that his father would be so angry that he wouldn't forgive him. And so he decided, hey, uh, if I'm, if there's anything, I know that my God, my father uses a lot of servants. So I will try to go back and do that. So he got up and walked back home. And he's, you know, he's probably rehearsing the speech while he's going to what he's going to tell his father when he gets there. Okay, so picture this. The son, filthy and gross and smelling like pigs, and he's walking straight up to the shiny gates of the father's house. The father sees his son from a distance, and instead of being angry for leaving home, you know, spending all the money that he gave him, he instead does something else. He runs towards him. Now, he's not running towards him with a fist, you know, shaking his fist at him, Um, He literally takes off and starts running towards his son, arms wide open, and embraces his filthy son right there in the middle of the yard. You know, the son, he probably tries to squeeze in an apology, but the father is too loud by yelling to his servants to bring him the best robe and rings to put on his son's finger and to throw a party because his son is back home. So instead of completely getting what the son deserved, the father said, no, I love you. I'm going to treat you as my son. And this is crazy, but yet it's so revealing for us to understand. The father still embraced him while he was still dirty. The father still hugged him. The father still dressed his son to the nines. The father still blessed the son. And our question of what do I need to clean up first is destroyed by the goodness of the father and his undeservable grace that he displayed on his son. That father in the parable is God to us, even while we're 
still filthy, still disgusting, still smelling like the mistakes we made last night before bed. He still hugs us and says, I still love you. This means that God can bless us and unlavish his grace on us even while we're still dressed as a mess. Because in those moments, we want to plead to God that we deserve punishment and wrath because of how imperfect we are. But his ex- he exchanges it for grace, for his unmerited love, for forgiveness. He's that good. And that's why he's called the good, good father. So let's go back to my friend's question. Do you think God withholds something from us that we want so we can work on a significant flaw that we have? Okay, first thing. God does not withhold any good thing from us. Just like it said in um, the book of Psalms, he wants to bless us, but he wants it to be done in his time and not ours. And that's the second thing. God can still bless and love us while we're still in the middle of working past a significant flaw. God still gives us a robe while we're dirty and hugs us while we while we still smell. He's that good. He's that tenderhearted. He doesn't. He looks right past it and he says, "I still love you." God's response isn't judgmental, and though he holds all power of judgment, he's still loving enough to look at us as his children instead of the perfect sinners that we are. He looks past it because even in Romans five, chapter eight, it says, "But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." Even while we were still dirty, even while we still smelled, even while we were still filthy from the mistakes that we've done, he says, I died for you. And this is why Good Friday and Easter are such a celebration because Jesus, who lived a perfect life, he didn't sin at all, saw us in the face of our sinful patterns and said, I'm going to take these nails for you. No, I'm going to die so you can live. I'm going to go through hell so you don't have to. I'm going to do this because I love you. And that's why Good Friday is considered to be so good. And that's why Easter is so victorious because it proves that when he said it is finished, it actually was. We don't have to change Jesus's words around and add our own little line to it. He didn't say it is finished when you finally kick that nasty addiction out of your life. No, he said, who I set free is free indeed. You are free. It is finished. He's so good. He's so kind, so loving. And he still chooses to bless us even while we're still a mess. We're still blessed as a mess. So let's get into the challenge of the week. This one is a bit more difficult because of everything kind of going on in regards to COVID-19, but let's let's try to do it. There are still gas stations open. There's still food places open, but buy someone you love their favorite drink this week. How many of us love being surprised by our favorite drink? I know I had a previous relationship um, where she loved her coffee. And I remember that there were times where I would surprise her at work with coffee and I would totally get brownie points. Um, And so uh, hint for anybody listening, by the way, my favorite drink is Arnold Palmer. Wink, wink. So if you want to bless me, hashtag do that. Um, But why? In remembrance of Jesus is displaying his perfect love through a selfless act. We can do the same in such a simple and fun way. You know, go to a Starbucks line, buy someone their favorite drink, buy them someone their coffee, go to a gas station, pick up a freaking mellow yellow if you want, um, you know, and you, you can bless someone while doing that. Go out, buy them their favorite drink, you know, leave it at their doorstep because COVID-19 and, uh, and love them through it. It's, it's such a joyful act for us to be able to do that. So while you guys do that, I hope you guys have a safe week. Again, continually be safe, make smart decisions during this weird crisis that we're in. 
and remember that God still loves you even while you're dirty, even while your hands are still filthy and completely gross and smelly and the things you do seem so you know, hideous. And if people found out, then it would just ruin them or it would just ruin your reputation. Um, God looks past your reputation and he says, you're still my child. So I hope you guys take that with you. We'll see you guys next time.